All right. So today I just want to share with you um, a teaching from my heart, just something that God's been stirring in my heart that I felt like I wanted to share with you guys because like it's the in-between series time is an opportunity for me to do that. Um, so I've been wrestling with an issue in my life physically that I'm going to tell you about and then relate it spiritually. Yes. It looked nice and clean. How noisy is this going to be if I walk on it the whole time? It's camouflage. I can't see it. Anybody laugh at that? No, one person laughed. Two. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, okay. Lizzie. Where's Lizzie? Oh, did you laugh? Yeah, I thought so. Okay, so I had this shoulder issue, and I hurt my shoulder. Wait, it's this one. I hurt my shoulder like six, seven months ago lifting weights with my, with my kids, and, um, and it just like, it hurt, and so I was like, okay, you know, I don't know if any of you are like this, but when I hurt myself, I usually just think it'll go away. Right? If I ignore it, it'll go away. Does anybody think like that with stuff that goes wrong with their body? Okay? So I just don't deal with it. I rested it. Like I thought, I'll just rest it. So I didn't lift weights. I didn't do any other exercising that required shoulder stuff. And one week, two weeks, one month, two months, not getting better. And, and other things around it are starting to hurt and get worse. And so the way I am is I, then like I, I just keep waiting. Because you know if you go to the doctor, what's going to happen? You know that it's like a lot of money, a lot of time, both of which you don't have extra of, and it's just, they're going to tell you, well, first you got to get this x-ray, and then you got to get this MRI, and you know what they're going to tell you. No matter what you do to yourself, they tell you to do what? Physical therapy, right? It's what they tell you, and you're like, physical therapy, that's like two to three to four hours a week? Who has that kind of time? I don't. And it's, there's not like they live nearby. It's not like they come to your house. You got to drive there. If my physical therapist is watching, I did love meeting you. And that was definitely the best part of it. She, she comes to our church now. So bonus. Maybe that's why God hurt my shoulder and I'm fine with it, to be honest. So anyway, I resisted till the, like, I just couldn't do it anymore. I was actually like, when, when you pick up the coffee pot in the morning and you fill it with water and you have to hold it like your hand at a 90 degree angle while it fills with water, I couldn't do it without tons of pain. And that's like, I was like, I probably should be able to do this, right? Like, I might not be able to lift weights right now, but I probably should be able to hold like an, an ounce or two of water. So I went to the doctor, x-ray, you know, well, you could get surgery or you could do physical therapy. And I was like, I knew that's what you're going to say. Why do you get paid so much money, right? Like, I didn't even have to get an x-ray. So physical therapy for like three months, and it didn't really get better. Now, I will say like some other things around it got better and I got stronger. Like my shoulder, like you know all the muscles you have that you're not supposed to, you, you don't even know are there. Those tiny little things, they're all like so strong. Um, I could lift tons of stuff with this little tiny muscle right here. But anyway, didn't get better. Went back to the doctor, got an MRI, which is terrifying. Side note, we won't talk about that, but like, have you had an MRI? Yeah, I, I think they sit around and are like, what can we do to make their pain worse? Right? Oh, we'll stick them in a tiny tube for a half an hour and just bang on it on the outside with hammers. Okay, so I got my MRI and then back to the doctor and he's like, yeah, you know, you've got arthritis because I'm 90 apparently and you, you've got bone spurs and so they gave me this, finally gave me a medicine, which like out of the gates, why didn't they just try this? I don't know, right? Like four months ago, Take some medicine for a week, and it got better. I was like, are you kidding me? That's all it needed? So I'm going to take that medicine for the rest of my life and never go to the doctor again. Uh, just kidding. But the, the point of the story is I, I, ignoring it didn't fix it. 
I had to go through the long and arduous process of trying multiple things to get to where we actually have some relief. Now, the end of the story is I probably am going to need surgery in a little bit, but that's okay. It'll, it'll all work out. But I think we do this a lot in our lives, and I'm going to argue that we do this a lot, and I do this a lot with our spiritual life, that we think it's just going to get better. And we look at our faith. Think about your faith like a muscle. Have you ever thought about your faith like a muscle that you need to exercise, that you need to use in order for it to grow? Have you ever thought about your faith having like progression to it? That your faith isn't static. It's not just like you either have it or you don't. It's not a light switch. But it's more of like something that grows and matures over time. So think about your faith. What are we doing? What am I doing? to help my faith to grow? What am I doing to strengthen my faith? Do you ever think about, are you strengthening your faith? There's a verse in the Bible, there's there's several, but one that I want to point out today, that's not what I was going to say. One that I was going to point out today that kind of talks about the fact that faith matures. So Paul is writing to a church in the city of Corinth. And so in in the New Testament, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, Paul, who was one of the earliest followers of Jesus and wrote much of the New Testament, wrote letters to a lot of the churches. And here's something he said. He said, brothers and sisters, when he came to them, when he spoke to them in person, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Now listen to this. Mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. What he was kind of calling them out was, you should be more mature spiritually than you are right now, given when I saw you last and what, you know, the people you've had who have spoken to you and the teachings you've had and, you know, the great worship you've listened to. But he's like, no, you're still needing milk. You haven't, your, your faith hasn't matured. And so today I want to talk about our faith. Where is your faith? And more importantly, are you, do you have a plan for your faith? Because what we want, what we all want is a faith that works. Like when life gets hard, we want our faith to be strong to sustain us. When life gets confusing, we want our faith to be strong to give us direction. When we feel lonely, we want our faith to connect us to God so we feel loved. When we make mistakes and sin, we want our faith to be strong so we feel forgiven. And we want all this from our faith. But what often happens is when we hit difficult times or confusing times or painful times or when we sin or fail or let ourselves and others down, we fall and we just fall into this pit of where are you, God? Where were you, God? And and I would argue that part of the reason is we haven't built a faith strong enough to handle life. In fact, you hear a lot of people, it's kind of a buzzword right now, deconstructing their faith. And you might be here today, and you might be kind of deconstructing your faith or on the process, either starting it or ending it or in the middle. You might be watching online today and and you're deconstructing your faith. And so first I would say that City Light is, I hope, a great place for you to be. We we want you to be here even as you, or should I say, especially as you go through that. A lot of times doubt is a part of the growth of faith. But what I would say is some people are deconstructing because they haven't had the, the chance or the the help or the teaching or the friendship or the community to grow their faith into a place where it can withstand real life. I don't know if you guys like look online, but like there's been like a couple recent in the last year or two is what I mean by recent famous Christians who have like said, I'm no longer a Christian. So they've spent their life like helping people follow Jesus 
and then they throw it out there that they're not following Jesus. One of them was a, was, a, was a singer, and one of them was an author. And anyway, there was this other famous Christian singer who went online, and he, he made this Instagram post I thought was interesting. And he wasn't like being mean, but he was saying, I'm confused how these like leaders, national Christian leaders in the Christian evangelical movement are falling away from Jesus around questions we've all, we all should have been wrestling with by now. And the things that these guys would throw out there was like, I just don't, you know, I don't know if I can see a loving God allowing suffering to happen. That's a legitimate, difficult question, but one that most Christians, and it's not a new question, it's not like we just thought of it, like, whoa, like, that's been around for 2,000 years, longer, right? I mean, that's kind of like the, the point of the book of Job. It's been around. People have wrestled with that. And so as a follower of Jesus, there are, uh, there are answers. I know that's a scary question or scary word to say, but there are answers. There are thoughts. There are things that you can get around those things. And this, this one guy was surprised that someone could be so famous in the Christian movement for 30 years and have not dealt with some of what he would consider the kind of like milk, like the basic questions. And I don't want us to get there. I don't want you to get there. I don't want you to get there on accident. And here's my point for today is that faith doesn't grow on accident. You're not just gonna wake up in 10 years and be more mature in your faith. You're not just gonna wake up and have a stronger faith that can withstand the difficulties, that can withstand the questions, that can withstand the doubt. It's not just gonna happen on accident. We have a responsibility to cultivate our faith. So I wanna read today a passage from Jesus. I wanna read this all the way through, and then we're going to talk about it. Matthew's the first book of the New Testament, and it's, one of the, it's the first account of the life of Jesus. And we can read this together. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. And such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places, where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow, no, wait, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So we're going to fast forward nine verses to the explanation. Listen, to the parable of the sower, to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling on the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So I want to look at the three first seeds, and I want to talk about it and apply it to our lives, okay? So the first seed is this one. The seed that fell on the path and the enemy came and stole it away. Okay? When anyone hears the message of the kingdom and does not understand, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. 
okay? So the first thing I would say that we need to do is we need to own our faith. Faith is not going to grow on accident. You don't, you don't get faith. And so we, we bought a plant for Elliot when he went to college. It, it wasn't this plant because it's dead. So, and, and Elliot put it, actually Mandy put it, on a windowsill in his dorm room and it stayed there untended, okay? And I believe that even Mandy bought a relatively hardy plant, anticipating the circumstances that then happened. But even that plant died. What happens when a plant dies? It becomes brown, right? So eventually it withers. Inattention, right? We know this like pretty much about anything in life, right? You don't change your oil in your car long enough, what happens to your car, right? You don't Eat for long enough, what happens to you, right? Like, I mean, inattention kind of breeds deconstruction. And we don't pay attention. We don't own our faith. And I, I'll be honest, I bought this at Food Lion, and I, I kind of feel that they, I mean, I know that's where you go for your plants, right? Okay. Um, I kind of feel like they weren't paying attention to it, you know? I mean, there are some dead leaves in here. This one, look at this. This is really dead. I, guys, I'm not lying. I didn't plant this. And get it? I didn't plant this. Um, I didn't put these in here. Like these are actually. I'm, I just saw them and I thought, perfect. That works. There's there's some deadness in here. Ooh, there's another one. Yes, there's dead because they weren't paying attention. No one was like walking around, watering them lovingly, putting them, moving them into the light. Like Mandy is horrible at taking care of plants. <laughs> But she's also obsessed with buying plants. It's a weird thing in our house. There are plants everywhere. And so she, like, is doing pretty good right now. All of our plants are alive for maybe the first time in our marriage. It's really neat. But she, she has to, inattention doesn't work, right? you got to pay attention to those suckers. So we need to own our faith. Our, your faith isn't going to grow on accident, okay? It's not going to grow just because you think it should or you hope it will. It's not... I know this is, this is maybe a little bit, you know, out there, but it's not going to grow just by coming to church. Now, listen, coming to church is one of the things that will help it grow for sure. But there's probably more that we need to do to grow our faith. So I think the first thing is to take responsibility, to own it, to just, to just say before the Lord, I don't want to be the seed that just gets dropped on the path, that just says, yes, I believe. See, and part of this is, is the fault of evangelicalism, where I think for some years it was kind of preached, just, just get saved, just believe, and that's all you need to do. But from belief, belief needs to grow what we call discipleship, or the life of following Jesus, a life of submitting to the Lordship of Jesus, knowing Jesus, having union with God, becoming closer to him relationally, living in his word. There's a verse in the Bible that tells us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. Here it is. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's a, there's a growth that is to, meant to be having. Paul talks about his faith like this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. He's talking about faith, how you do faith. Don't just sit on the sideline. Don't be that, that player who is playing half-hearted the whole time, that player who phones it in. Right? Everyone who competes goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that won't last. 
We put so much effort into stuff that ultimately won't last. Think about all the other things in our lives that we cultivate. Our bodies, our online presence, our hairstyles, you know, how our cars look, how our houses look. How much time do we spend cultivating that stuff? And yet, how much time do we spend? And those crowns won't last. How much time do we spend cultivating our faith? That we, from that, we'll get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone running aimlessly. Usually when you run, you run with a purpose to get somewhere. How are you running? Do you own your faith? Number two. We need to invest in our faith. So there's this next seed that falls in the rocky ground. Someone hears it and receives it with joy. So there's this initial, yes, Jesus. Maybe even start to change some of your faith. And then the sun comes up, right? Trouble or persecution become because of the word they quickly fall away since they have no what? No root, right? And so if we look at this, this guy, we can see there are roots in here. Uh-oh. This little hanger thing is not helpful. Come on. Got it. Here we go. Yes. Okay. Oh, I shouldn't leave that on the ground. Okay. It looks worse now, doesn't it? Okay. If any of you are plant lovers, I'm sorry for what's about to happen. But you can see... It's okay. You can see the roots, right? These are the roots. And, and they have them down in the soil so that what happens up here, like if, if you just rip this thing out on its own and you take the roots out, okay, so now this guy has no roots. What's going to happen? It's going to die, like really fast, you know? It's, it's not going to take long for this to die. And this is, in fact, it's half dead already. Wow. So this is what your faith can look like. This is your faith. This is your faith on drugs. Any questions? <laughs> Those of you who are older get that? Okay. Um, this is what your faith can look like when you don't have roots. And so what are we talking about roots? Here's what I would think. Of, as I thought about this, um, I put up, this is Jesus' description, but when he told the first one, it was the, the sun comes up, right? When the sun comes up and it starts to get hot. Life's going to get hot for your faith. There's going to be struggles there's going to be questions. People are going to teach you things, or, or not teach you things. People are going to say things. They're maybe make you question your faith. And so we need to invest. We need to go deeper. We need to dig in. I'm, I'm convinced that the Word of God and, and other followers of Jesus can help us through any struggle, question, doubt, or issue that comes up. I'm not saying it's easy. I don't think there's like Sunday school answers to the, the questions that as adults we find ourselves having. But I, also, I do think there, there are adult answers. <laughs> I do think there's at least adult, well-thought thoughts that you can think about and make your own decisions about. But I don't think that you need to throw your faith away when you get hit or, or just ignore it and hope maybe that question will go away. I'm, I'm for one... So I believe in facing your questions, facing your doubts, and allowing Jesus and the community to help you through them. I think it's a bad move when you hit doubts and questions to leave community. I think that's when you need community more. So lean into community. If you're struggling with deconstruction questions, if you're struggling with pain questions, lean into community. Ask people for prayer. Ask people to meet and talk. Talk about the Word of God. 
Go deeper. Invest in your faith. Don't just let the sun rip you out and just leave you on the side of the road to die. That's not good enough. There's more for you. I think that that's part of what the Lord wants me to say today is that there's more for you, that God has more for you in your faith. He's calling you to have deeper roots. I mean, think about what your roots are in. You see people like, I already talked about like the famous Christians who fall away. And then you see, if you read on those threads, you see other people who fall away from God or question their faith because other Christians fall away. And it's like, okay, wait, so your roots were in other Christians, right? Instead of in God or in the scripture, right? Or like when God doesn't answer your prayers, and, and your faith gets so challenged, and I've been there. I'm not making light of it, but what it exposed in my heart when I went through some of the hardest times in my life and my faith was shaken is that some of my roots were in God doing what I told him to do. My roots were in God doing what I wanted when I wanted. And I was challenged to say, no, my roots actually just need to be in trusting God. I put that in the soil. I know you probably can't see that. My roots need to be in Jesus. Like when Thomas doubted, what did Jesus do? He said, come here and touch me. Right? You are, are, when, when our roots need to be in Jesus. When Jesus talked about, you know, communion, eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and all his disciples left, and he turned and he said, well, you also leave. They said, where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. Our roots need to be in Jesus and in his words. And when our roots are in there, then when the sun comes up, this guy would love the sun, right? Even when when the wind blows, he's going to be okay, the deeper your roots are. So this is my encouragement. Invest in your faith. Own your faith and invest in your faith. And then third, because faith doesn't grow on accident. Yeah, I was supposed to say that. Prioritize your faith, okay? Now, listen, the seed falling amongst the thorns refers to someone who hears the word But the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So imagine this guy trying to grow, and then there was other stuff doing this to it. Okay, if I just separated these and tried to let, see, who's going to grow, right? And I'm just choking it, right? This is the worries of life and the deceitfulness. I want to get ahead. I want to make more money. um, Or I've got priorities out of balance. I've got my affections out of balance, right? I think it was St. Augustine who talked about ordering our affections. So I'm, I'm wanting money and I'm wanting prestige and I'm wanting fame and I have to, you know, I have to take care of my, you know, I have to drive my kids to every practice in all of the world. I know I'm there, right? That's part of my life. Like, but you, you eventually faith becomes the, the 10th thing on your list or the 30th thing on your list and it just gets choked, right? That's not gonna make it. That faith, that, then you're like, then, a, then something happens in life and you're like, I just don't feel close to God. I wonder why not? Look at the, what, what could you have done to your faith? I just don't feel God's presence. Church just doesn't do it for me anymore. Well, yeah. Like what we want is, we want a flourishing faith. I have a way less room to walk now. We want a, a thriving faith, a faith that's alive. Now listen, this would be working so much better if this actually looked alive it doesn't, but just pretend this is a thriving plant that we put somewhere, we pay attention to it, right? So we own it, we invest in it, we water it, we, we take the weeds out, we garden it, we make sure the roots are strong, and then we prioritize it. We put it in places where it can grow. 
You know, are you prioritizing your faith and putting your faith first? Or is it a second, third, tenth, twentieth priority for you? Is your faith an afterthought? Do you think, honestly, that your faith, that is disgusting. There was a stink bug under there that lost its life, sadly, during that demonstration. And now it does not smell good. And so, or, or is your faith, are you investing in your faith so that it will grow? See, I want you to remember this one statement when you leave today, is that faith doesn't grow on accident. Your faith is something that will grow when you take time to work on it. I didn't put this verse in my slides, but Paul tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's a really neat verse because we know that salvation is a free gift from God. It's not something you work to get, but then there is a sense of working it out. Okay, I believe in Jesus. He saved me from my sin. Praise God for his grace, his death and resurrection. What does that mean for me now? How will I have relationships? How will I spend my money? How will I make decisions about sex and sexuality, right? How will I treat people who I work with, my coworkers? How will I parent? How will I date? How will I have friends? All, all of our life comes under the lordship of Jesus. And we find that the more connected, oh, I like buried it. The more connected we come to Jesus, the stronger our plant becomes. Our, the, our faith is the plant. You got that, right? The stronger our faith becomes and it grows and it flourishes. And then what does Jesus talk about? If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can even move mountains. And it, the mustard seed, he says, is like the smallest seed, but it grows to become a huge plant that provides shade and fruit for others, right? Like your faith, if you own it and invest in it and prioritize it, will grow. And because your faith grows, because you're doing that, others will eat from the fruit of your faith. When others are lonely, you will have the fruit of hospitality. When others are hurting, you will have the fruit of comfort. When others are confused, you will have the fruit of wisdom because you've owned your faith and you've invested in your faith and you've prioritized your faith and then your faith becomes an asset and a resource for others' faiths. And that's a really the picture of the, the church, right? That we, we're all in this together. And when I'm weak, you might be strong for me. And when you're weak, I might be strong for you. So what I want to say is, and worship team, you can come up. There, what, if, what if God were to say to you, what if he were to write you a letter right now? Like you, individually, God sent you a letter. And he said, I have more for you. What if God wanted to say that to you right now? I don't care if you're 65 years old or if you're 15 years old. What if God has more for you? Like your faith is where it is. And, and I can, I mean, this is an easy statement. God absolutely does want that for all of us, right? Like, that's not like I'm going out on a limb there. He has more for you. But, but what would it look like for you to lean into that? That's the question for today that I want you just to reflect on. It's going to look different for all of us, but what would it look like for you to own your faith a little bit more? For you to invest in the, the barriers and, and, and the, the questions and the, the potholes of your faith a little bit more and for you to prioritize your faith and maybe move it to the forefront above, you know, I would argue everything, that your faith in God will come first and then from that would grow out all the other priorities of your life because your faith's not going to grow on accident. My faith's not going to grow on accident. And then that lifestyle will end up leaving me disappointed in God. And, and I'll blame God when, in reality, I just haven't been 
taking care of it, right? Okay, so we're going to sing one more song.